0: Are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break?
1: Then here's your host, Grace. You'll have no doubt heard the phrase, either here on Pep Talk or somewhere else, that so many businesses are born from a personal need that you just can't find out there on the market, so you make it yourself. And that is especially true of today's guest, who is Emily from Petite Eat. After Emily had her first baby, she wanted to feed him healthy, whole, organic food and she was making it herself at home, which is fine, but when she wanted to go out and about, which if you've had kids will know is always a palaver, there was only the supermarket pouch options and she just found that they didn't quite fit the mould of what she wanted to feed her baby, with little meat ingredients and often with fillers. So as the trend goes, if you're looking for something and you can't find it, chances are other people are too so with a toddler and another baby on the way Emily launched petite eats making these shelf stable pouches of whole organic baby food as she suspected she struck gold filling a need that many parents have and so petite eats has just grown beautifully over the last few years Since then they've also expanded into making feeding accessories which makes total sense born from yet another need that she had with her second baby plus moving on to other silicone toys and no doubt more exciting things to come. So join me today for this really fun honest and open chat with Emily. It's all about the ups and downs of starting a small business like this plus parenting and somehow trying to do both at the same time. Hey Emily, good morning, welcome to Pep Talk, how are you going? I'm good, thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome, I'm excited to hear this story, Uh, we were just chatting because so everyone listening you might have heard last week's episode I had my sister Fran who runs Design Fetty on the podcast and one of the clients that she mentioned was actually M from Petite Eats <laughs> so um, this week we're gonna hear the whole Petite Eats story which I'm sure um, the branding and stuff will come up as well uh, but yeah welcome Thank you. and I will start off with some this or that questions just okay. to warm you up a little bit okay so you don't need to be nervous they're not scary <laughs> <laughs> the first one we've got city or country
0: oh i think i'm gonna have to go country i actually um i grew up in gisborne and we oh. were on a kiwi fruit and apple orchard and i just loved growing up there so yeah definitely
1: country oh wow that would have been an awesome childhood being on an orchard it really was yeah it was great You just picture you running between the trees and picking fruit and eating it. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, (laughs) idyllic. And then now you live in Auckland, don't you?
0: Uh, We're actually in Papamoa. So I used to be in Auckland and Ah. we moved down here about two and a bit years ago. Oh, nice. And Papamo is that beach, a beachy area? Yeah, yeah. So it's like um, Tauranga. So it's just, um, ah. just out of Tauranga and the mouth. So it's a great
1: place to be with uh, kids especially. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, you seem to be very good at picking nice places to live. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Lovely. All right, next one Maybe a bit mean for you, but I always like to throw in one mean one for everyone. We've got babies or toddlers.
0: Oh, that is really hard. <laughs> Um, I'm a sucker for a baby. eh? Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I, I think don't get me wrong. I absolutely love toddlers as well. But that baby stage is
1: just so special, and it goes so quickly. So yeah, yeah, baby. That's so true. And you know, babies can't talk back, so (laughs) you know that's fun too. (laughs) Can you tell I have a three-year-old? I'm like, please, please be quiet. Yeah, I've got a three-year-old too. I know. I like miss those days when she just like was a blob and would just lie there on the floor.
0: Yeah, they go to sleep on you
1: Yeah Yeah. We could reminisce for ages on that one (laughs) All right next up would you rather have a luxury holiday or a new television? Oh a luxury
0: holiday hands down
1: Yeah
0: (laughs) Oh, That sounds nice right now doesn't it? That's like so far away from you know where we are at the moment what's happening around the world it feels like a holiday is just
1: oh, yeah dream. we can dream <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah have you been on any nice like staycations since we came out of lockdown
0: um, well we're really lucky we have um a family bat batch at a beach so Beautiful. we have been there a lot with family and we also have um, my husband's family has a place at like Tarawara so we go there as well so we're very very spoiled and both of those places are only an hour from where
1: we live so yeah that's perfect and I hope it is so magical oh yeah and an hour is a good distance as well because it's very doable for like a weekend or something exactly exactly Nice. all right next one or last one we've got laundry or dishes (laughs) um (laughs) or neither (laughs) Ideally,
0: neither. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. um, hmm. Which one? Say laundry. I actually don't mind laundry. It's just the folding and putting away that kills
1: really oh, yes. me. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and also I feel like maybe laundry like drags on because you know you have to like do something and then wait and then do something and wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whereas like dishes, at least it's when it's done, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I'll take neither if that's an option. Exactly. (laughs) Nice. All right. All warmed up. So now we're going to dive into hearing a bit of your background. So I think Fran might have mentioned to me when we were talking on the weekend that you actually used to be a teacher, I think, before you started your business and had kids and everything. So maybe take us back a little bit. Is that right? And if so, what were you up to?
0: (laughs) Yeah. No. So I was a primary school teacher. And um, so i this was up in auckland i mm. worked at two different schools in auckland and my kind of age group i usually taught was around like the seven to eight year olds which i really really loved it Aww. was an awesome age to teach and i've always loved working with children um and then i took a bit of a break between one of my teaching jobs and did nannying for a couple of years which i also really loved um And then got a fantastic job, um, another teaching job in Auckland. And, yeah, it's something that I have thought about, like, prior, I guess, to starting Petite Eats. Definitely thought I would end up going back to because I did Mm. really enjoy it. But um, our journey's
1: obviously taken us elsewhere. But... Yeah, um, it got to roll with a it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you still kind of ended up in something that's obviously based around, you know, young children, like babies and yeah. young kids and stuff. So yeah. it's obviously something that comes really naturally to you.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something I feel passionate about. Um, and, like, part of the reason why we started, well, a huge reason why we started Petite Eats um, is, like, how strongly I feel about, um, Children and um, developing, like you know, developing their brains and you know all those things that um, I don't want to give too much away for our next part about the <laughs> <laughs> the studying teenagers. But yeah, that whole um, idea of building a foundation for your children and making sure you're giving them the absolute best that you can best start in life. So
1: yeah. Yeah, it all seems yeah like it's all come together really naturally and that you're just like the perfect person to be taking this forward. And that does kind of lead us really naturally onto what happened um, and how Petite X was actually born. So you had – was it one, one of your children when you started the business? Yes, Maybe tell right. us what that time was like and where the idea even popped up from.
0: Yeah, so um, when our son George um, – so he's now three and a half – when he was studying solids, um, he was like a super active baby and we always had to go out and do outings. <laughs> and I had been making all of his um, baby food. I'm really into doing cooking and nutrition and I love doing that kind of stuff. So I had right from the start done a lot of research about what foods to be starting him on and what was really important to be introducing into his diet. So I made all of his purees and froze them all and um, – and I love doing that, but it was, yeah, when he was doing outings and we needed something that was a little bit more convenient for when you're kind of on the go because mm. you've got this window of about an hour and a half before they're needing the next nap and <laughs> so it's yeah. not much time and you have to find a place to, you know, defrost the the puree and you know yeah. and heat it up. and So that ended up being a lot of our outing was just finding somewhere to eat. And so I was looking for a convenient option, so I went to the supermarket and... There's no shortage of um, baby purees in the supermarket, and you'll know when you go down that baby aisle, but I was looking for something that, um, I was looking for very specific things in baby puree, so one of the main things in my research was that you want to introduce vegetables to begin with, and you don't want to necessarily have fruit added in with vegetables because it can mask a lot of the flavors and it's also quite a high sugar content and what I was finding with the supermarket brands is that even in the savory options it was full of fruit so it would be the main ingredient Mm. and I found that really kind of surprising uh and the other thing is that they had a really small percentage of meat so about seven to eight percent so you know not a lot in there when you consider it's a you know 80 gram pouch or something, mm. uh, and they use a lot of fillers, so rice flour and things that just bulked it up, which didn't actually offer much nutritionally. Uh, so, I was kind of having a little moan to my husband about it, and he was actually <laughs> looking for my food bag at the time, uh, and he said, "Well, why don't you, why don't you make one? Why don't we start something?" And kind of that comment just got us thinking about how we would go about it and he luckily had a lot of contacts through my food bag where we were able to reach out and see um how we could go about it
1: so yeah that's kind of
0: where the idea came from one of those
1: really classic kind of things that you hear pop up in business a bit is like that often the best ideas come from like a person or need that you have Definitely. and that you you can't find what you're looking for basically so you create it because there's obviously an assumption that if you if you're looking for it and you're reasonably normal then <laughs> other people are probably looking for it as well so Absolutely. yeah it's I love that it was born so organically yeah. from and what you were we doing kind of, um, had
0: that idea there was only I think one or two other like I guess gourmet baby foods out there and um, hmm. by the time we launched which took a like I think it was 18 months from when we just <laughs> had that idea there yeah. were about six or seven which a lot of those have now ended but um it was obviously a huge gap in the market you know people really wanted something that was uh, closer to homemade
1: yeah yeah, yeah, and not everyone has time or inclination mm. or skill to make it themselves. Like Definitely. we, we weren't really that kind of family that would make our own. Mm. Um, it just like de- not everyone is. Like not- it just depends on what comes naturally to you, and, and if it doesn't, then there's no point forcing it. Like that's why awesome yeah. people like you make it, and then, <laughs> and then not everyone has to. <laughs> I like it, <laughs> and you were so. By the time you did launch, you were pregnant again, weren't you, with another baby I coming was, along? I was, 30, 30
0: weeks pregnant with Willa. Oh my um, God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you look back on that now and be like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, definitely, but you know, it had been such a long time mm. in the baby that I wasn't prepared to delay it for any reason. <laughs> yeah, just,
1: totally.
0: Um, yeah. We were doing this and uh, I was really lucky to have the support of my husband, like, he was amazing. Um, And, you know, when you first launch a business, it's never, you know, guns blazing and you get thousands of orders that come through. So it was kind of like a nice... Kind of ease into
1: it, it was, slow burn yeah. yeah yeah and during that kind of 18 month period where you're developing things i'm guessing a big part of that was creating those recipes okay. and you probably already had lots of them from what you were making anyway but did you have to like bring in any expertise from outside like support i guess nutrition for babies is quite important like did you know all that or did you have to research and things
0: a lot of that was based on research Uh, The actual recipe part of the purees was probably the easiest bit, to be honest. Mm. Um, That was... I mean, that was organized. That was the first thing that we... Yes, I did um, get help from a nutritionist just to Mm. kind of go over everything. But basically, I wanted the purees themselves to be exactly what you'd make at home. So no obscure ingredients, nothing that you'd put in there, nothing that someone making at home would put in there. So Mm. it was... Purely, you know, vegetables and um, just really good, nutritious ingredients. Uh, so it wasn't overly complicated. It, I mean, it was a little bit of balancing flavors and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, baby foods isn't um, isn't hugely complicated. What was complicated was the actual process to get it um, to be shelf stable, to get the packaging right. Yeah, and, of
1: course. Uh, do all of that kind of stuff. So that was the really hard part, which took a long yeah. time. Yeah. Because it's not refrigerated, right? So the pouches have to be at room temperature yeah. and last a while. That's How right. did you figure that? Like, what was the solution for that?
0: Um, so basically, the process to make them shelf-stable is exactly the same process as, uh, like, tinned fruit and, mm. um, I mean, all the other baby pouches as well. So it's called retort. And basically, you make the puree and seal the pouch and then it's sterilized, so nothing else can get into that pouch, which mm. is what makes it shelf-stable. So it is a really specialized process, and there are not many of these machines that do this. And you, uh, that was probably the hardest part, was finding somebody to actually do this process for us who wasn't already doing a baby food, because obviously they don't want to do it for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we had to have experts do it. You can't do it yourself. You have to be um, qualified mm.
1: to do this process. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's not the kind of thing you can do in your kitchen at home. Someone's making it no, has to make it for you.
0: No, exactly. So um yeah, it is quite complicated. But um yeah, we did eventually find somebody who did it, which was amazing. Um we're obviously we're out of production at the moment of the purees because of this machine. <laughs> um <laughs> because the company that we were doing it for us, they um sold up and uh, there's so we've been waiting for this machine to be ready to start again. It is, ah. It's such a process because um, with any of this kind of food techie stuff, everything has to be verified and it, mm-hmm. they had to get special people to come in to do it. So it takes a really, really long time. Um, so we're just patiently waiting. <laughs>
1: yeah oh wow there's so much to it that yeah this always happens when I hear about these I'm like you just don't think about this when you see the end product yeah but there's so much that goes into it goes into it and even the pouches themselves
0: they have to be a special type of pouch that can withstand a certain temperature and um it's yeah it's hugely technical and there's a lot of testing involved
1: so yeah it's yeah a lot behind the scenes yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And I love that you, despite all those challenges, you pushed through being very heavily pregnant and still pushed through and made it happen. Oh, amazing. amount of
0: times we wanted to give
1: up. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, And then speaking of experts, I guess that's kind of at the stage when working with Fran and um, Design Fetty came into things to get the packaging and the brand and the branding right for Mm. you guys. I guess that's quite important thinking about it in like a kid's food space. I'm guessing you need to have it looking quite professional. And things just because you need to build that trust and confidence, and be like parents. This is legit. This is not like a dodgy yeah. thing. <laughs> we need this to look professional. Is that kind of where you saw the importance of branding coming into this?
0: Absolutely. And we were looking for something kind of with the branding different to what was already on the shelves. Uh, so a lot of the baby pouches on the shelves were really super bright and in your face, mm. and um that's not really my style. I'm more of like muted colours and I wanted it to look really classic. And um, yeah, I wanted to reflect my style more because my thinking was that parents like me would be attracted to that kind of packaging. And Fran was definitely of the same mindset. And she, despite me giving her probably quite a, (laughs) a vague description of what I was looking for, managed to pull together exactly what... I wanted and so it's just really kind of simple but um,
1: classic designs. Yeah it looks awesome and that's so true because like when you think about all those things that are branded like that like baby food and stuff it's kind of like it's branded for the kids but like the kid is not choosing it or buying it. Exactly. It's the parents that buy it. Yeah. Exactly. yeah and i guess it was good timing as well because she had, had 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 i don't know what stage it was at but she was she had little kids as yeah, well exactly. so she was very much a your target customer i guess that's to some extent bit, and
0: that's kind of what we bonded over to begin with was that you know she would be probably our target customer mm. and so she knew kind of exactly what um what she was looking for and how to kind of design it so yeah she's incredible
1: oh that's so valuable that yeah came together at just the right time for you guys and it looked awesome and it yeah it definitely has like a really strong feel when you see all of your products and range and colors and everything mm. it's really cool yeah and so you kind of mentioned a little bit before about it being like a slow burn getting off the ground mm. which makes total sense Like, and it's a great way to do it so I'm interested to hear a bit about that part of the journey like when you started out you're like cool I've got this product the pouches are made mm. um, like now where do you sell it and what was your plan around stockists and selling online and things like that. Yeah,
0: so yeah, it definitely started off just being um, you know, a lot of our friends and family that were mm. supporting us. <laughs> so I think after nice. this night that we launched it was eighty percent people that we knew, which is <laughs> so cool and so wonderful. But yeah Um yeah then I guess the biggest way we were able to get our name up there was social media, so mm. um Instagram and I have zero, zero background in marketing and like it was also new to me, uh, so that kind of was a huge learning curve as well. But basically, what we did when we first launched was to send to, I guess, influencers, mm. and that was our, you know, their way that we just started to, yeah, you know, get our name out there. Um, it was, it was kind of, I guess, with baby food, it's kind of a hard thing because people were like, "Why would I pay more to have this product?" than one at the supermarket. So mm. a lot of it was education around what made our pouches different,
1: um,
0: which also is a hard thing because you don't want to ever slag off another company. You don't want
1: to say anything mm. negative about Or be it. preachy about, so oh like judgy exactly peer, in the parenting world. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's a really hard balance. And I, right from the beginning, I said to my husband, I don't ever want to like poke holes in another person's business and say anything bad about them. So, yeah, it was just trying it was trying to find a way to show our difference without <laughs> I guess yeah, doing that. Um but yeah, and then eventually we got into um Farrow Fresh and uh the Huckleberry stores mm. and they were doing really really well in there and um, had just really started to um kind of take off in there and that's when we went out of production so that was kind of annoying but Ah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of one of these things.
1: <laughs> oh, that's cool. They're, those are the kind of the places that are perfect for a product like that, right? Like that's Definitely. where your target customer is shopping and and like people who get it, I guess. Like yeah. you don't you don't have to do a hard sell because they're like, oh, of course, that's what I need.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And that kind of social media side of things, I guess, is really key for you because you you are a parent and you're selling to parents, mm. and so using that to kind of bond with your customers and connect with your customers. And I see like you share like parent life um, tips and memes mm. and jokes and things to kind of bond with them. Have you, have you found that really valuable?
0: Definitely. And as much as I was scared of social media, I'm, I am just absolutely love it now in terms of building those relationships with our customers and mm. uh, even being a new mum, just having that support, even though you don't really know these people, Mm -hmm. Um, but you do, you start to build connections and um, that's been probably the most surprising part of it all. I never really thought about that side of things, but yeah, you do really start to make those connections and people, your customers are so, our customers in particular are so supportive and they share about our products and they um, comment on our posts and that's just been like, just so amazing it's hard to describe sometimes I feel like a lot of people take for granted social media and think oh god you know so over social media but (laughs) you know without it we wouldn't be where we are today oh it's
1: so valuable yeah it's it's definitely a double-edged sword like it comes with benefits and disadvantages I guess but like overall it's um very valuable and like it's cool to hear you just having fun with it i guess like yeah i think some people take it maybe a bit seriously and forget that it can just be fun and a way to connect with people it doesn't have to be perfect or um polished or whatever and i think
0: you just be have to be authentic you know i try not to be somebody else on social media i like to Mm -hmm. show you know part of our life not too much but i like to show you know that I'm also juggling things at home and you know i'm a busy mum as well as running a business and mm. so many of our customers are working parents so they have that understanding and that's why i guess when we brought up here and that was a, a big thing because it was for busy parents who really wanted to give the best to their babies but just didn't have the time and mm. um, yeah
1: so now it's been been a really cool experience hmm and i guess that makes sense because the business is you for you know to a large extent like it's come from a need you had for your children and Mm. then you've created that for other people so it's very personal to you um and so then you just being authentic and genuine on social media comes across really naturally and you just be yourself
0: yeah
1: exactly Yeah. And then, so of course you've so of talked a bit about the purees, but more recently you've kind of expanded beyond that to non-edible products, I guess, yes, like, yeah. um, feed it, like accessories, right? So yeah. feeding accessories. Um, tell us about what, where that idea came from. Did it, it just a natural progression.
0: It was, and it was actually kind of by accident. It wasn't something mm-hmm. that we'd ever planned to do. And actually it's quite funny to my this laugh at my husband, cause he initially hadn't wanted to, to do it ah <laughs> now it's like kind of this huge that pretty much is our business now oh, that's um, so interesting yeah. yeah so we it was when willa started solids and our, my daughter so she um was just about to get started and i was going through george's old bibs and bowls and everything had kind of like either gone moldy or it was oh just yeah like gone to Basically, yeah, so moldy. We had that big time, yeah, so gross. And uh, I was just like Oh, this just doesn't appeal. I was like, I'm gonna have to go and buy all new stuff now. And it was actually, Eddie he said, Well, you know, have you thought about um, bringing bibs in? Do you want to tr- should we try doing that? And, and so, we did. We got some samples sent over, and um, we've got some suppliers in China. and I love the products, the quality of the products. So, we use 100% silicon, which is the most practical material to use with kids because you can just chuck it in the dishwasher Mm. so easy to clean it lasts Um, and yeah that's when i was like okay right let's really do this (laughs) so (laughs) it started off with the the silicon bibs and then we brought in the bowl and spoon sets which went crazy and that's kind of when our social media really gained um following because Mm. people looking at these bowls and oh my gosh you know i haven't seen anything like this and um and then slowly we just have been building on it kind of um, quite naturally depending on where the kids are at and what I think that they need, what things that we need in the house that makes our life easier. Um, so, yeah, we've got quite a big range now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so funny that it's just naturally evolved.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that to that. it was just, yeah, totally by accident. Yeah, was, I think it was after we brought the bowls in that Andy was like, oh, no, I think we should just focus on the purees. I was <laughs> like, nah, yeah, nah, no, we need to bring more stuff in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And they're beautiful as well like everyone can go and check out on instagram and have a look at the like you know the colors it's kind of like follows the same ethos that you yeah. had at the beginning with the purees was that you wanted it to speak to you as a parent Absolutely. not to the child so it's not like hot pink and garish it's like beautiful soft tones and like Absolutely. really lovely shapes and things
0: I yeah. feel like yeah that's that was really really important to me to get the colors right and i've um, turned down a lot of products because i didn't like the colors which sounds really silly but
1: <laughs> for me, oh no it, yeah
0: uh, it was really important to have products that i would choose um yeah. and so we started out with these beautiful pastels for the bowls and now we've actually moved completely to like earthy tones mm. which have been so so popular um, that's so cool yeah i like the earthy tone yeah looks yeah good. Been great so and then we've now at kind of the stage where we are ordering so much and so it, this is another funny side of the business sorry I'm going a bit off topic no this is interesting <laughs> <laughs> um so things that you don't know when people are starting a business is like well particularly when you're bringing in products like that is that you have to order a certain quantity every mm. time uh, and if you want to customize it in any way so whether that be color or anything like that there are huge moqs so that's like mm. a minimum order quantity so you have to order a lot of them to be able to do that and when you first start your business uh, it's really hard. you don't have all that money just sitting there just to be like okay i'm going to put all this money because you've got to pay it all outright mm. and then it takes you know a month or so to arrive so you have put all this money into it and then, <laughs> so it's it, it's a real um it's
1: a huge thing to do so yeah and risky because like what yes. if you order it all and it doesn't sell
0: exactly <laughs> it's, it's quite, yeah it's quite stressful but um you kind of just have to go with your gut um mm. but yeah so now we're kind of at the stage where we are ordering in way large quantities that we are able to start doing some of our own designs as well so um we've got a huge shipment arriving in november which is, has got some of our own designs which is really really exciting mm-hmm. um and I yeah I want to be able to do more and more of that I want to try and keep our products as unique as possible um but yeah it's it's so many of those little things that people don't realize because lot I get questions all the time like, oh can you bring this in can you bring this in <laughs> it's just not quite that simple yeah like are you gonna order 10,000 of them <laughs> yeah.
1: then I'll bring them in for you <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and the same with packaging you know you have to do huge quantities of packaging, so, Mm, Especially to keep the price down, the cost down. Exactly, yeah, so it's all these little things that sometimes people don't realize
1: is actually quite complicated um, to bring a product in. Yeah, yeah, and you had the silicon blocks, didn't you, that came in, they were really popular. I kept seeing them pop up everywhere. Did they sell out really quickly?
0: They always sell out,
1: and I order
0: so many of them. (laughs) I I had a big shipment on Friday, but, no matter how many I order, they just always sell out. And I'm desperately trying to keep on top of it because there's nothing, like I know some people think that you sell out on purpose because you know, it creates
1: a mm. you know,
0: demand, but actually Hype. it's so stressful when you sell out. I find <laughs> it, like, I
1: just get so anxious, so. Yeah, yeah, and like you see all those potential sales that you're missing out on, right? <laughs> and you're like, oh, I could have sold twice as many. Yeah,
0: and that's the thing and people are like, oh, why do you keep selling that long? don't do it on purpose
1: yeah Yeah. I mean I'm sure it does help a little bit that creating that hype and things around it even if it's accidental which I totally believe it is it's like it's still it's it's part of the creates the demand and the desirability and things if if you maybe you can't get it once and you have to wait a little bit you want it even more yeah yeah so I'm sure it can't hurt but frustrating still for you guys <laughs> yeah. And what about growing from here? So obviously you've had really awesome growth so far and really cool, um, not changing direction, but you know, like expansion into other products and things. So what, what else do you see kind of in the future? Is it going to more... Different kinds of non-edible products, or expanding the food side of things, or what does that will look like for Petite? Eat?
0: Yeah, so I definitely want to continue building our uh, feeding accessories range, and I mm. want, like I was saying before, to have more of our own designs in there. Yeah. And um, but our new range of finger foods, which we launched uh, maybe a month ago now, has been going really, really well. Cool. Um, and that's something as a parent that I always found really hard to find good finger food, even finger food recipes is actually really hard to find. Um, So developing these dry mixes actually has been heaps of fun, a lot of work but Mm. heaps of fun and the feedback we're getting about them is amazing. So I want to be able to develop a full range. At the moment we've got four flavours. I have one more to do before we're going to look into doing pre-printed pouches and and outsourcing this. So at the moment I'm doing all these mixes at home Mm. um and at the stage where i need to outsource to do it and to keep up with demand so i've got one more flavor that i need to lock in and then we'll do another five flavors so i really want to build that dry mix range um and i would love to get the purees back in production again
1: (laughs) yeah yeah the original puree yeah (laughs) Oh, that all sounds very exciting. Yeah. And is there like potential for overseas at some stage? Or do you get requests from people in Australia and things wanting them?
0: We do, we do. So um, a lot of people are wanting our feeding accessories overseas and mm. it's just a matter of figuring out at the moment with COVID, the freight. Freight's so expensive
1: yeah, um, and,
0: and it's taking a really long time. So we've just been holding off on any international um, wholesale orders. Uh, but definitely, that's something we want to do in the future, and definitely with our food as well. We want to be able to export that. And originally, when we did the purees, that was one of our long-term goals, and that's mm-hmm. why we chose a shelf-stable baby food because mm-hmm. um, and yeah. it will last. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, definitely that is something we want to do. Uh, but yeah, obviously with COVID, everything kind of all of those long-term things have just been.
1: We're just waiting to see what happens really mm, yeah it's a funny time to it, be thinking about yeah, it now. yeah yeah but i can totally imagine like how well all of this has gone down in new zealand and we are such a small population like mm. the potential in australia and the states and bigger populations must be quite exciting for you to think about what yeah. it could what it could look like
0: absolutely and we get quite a few international orders through our website just you know Um, customers so that's really exciting it's always cool when you see we got sent one to japan the other day and so yeah it's always very exciting Um,
1: yeah 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 good to have that little test so it's an option so you can just see how it goes and where people are interested and then focus it yeah Definitely hmm, and of course this is all going on, but you do still have your two children who started yeah. this whole thing off so yes. How on how are you managing all of that with like I don't know Do you have to do all this petite work like during nap time and in the evening? How do you balance all that together to be honest? I'm
0: still trying to figure out the balance. It's mm. Really challenging. I find it, you know you get massive mum guilts when you're not and um, with the kids mm. <laughs> but then have to get work done, otherwise it just doesn't happen. I at the moment it's only really me doing all the business side of stuff. My husband obviously helps out, but he has his own job. Um, mm. so yeah, it is oh the balance is really hard. I have Willa in care three mornings a week. Mm. I'm looking at continuous out. <laughs> um George is at daycare every day. And I basically work non-stop from like while they're in care while they're in care then um any nap times i work and then in the evenings we are packing wholesale orders and so yeah it's um it's non-stop it's and it's weekends
1: yeah 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 it's very all-consuming eh i'm doing something like
0: that yeah i know it's going to be worth it and the next thing will be to bring somebody else in to help so to employ somebody um but it's just about
1: yeah, finding the right time for that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you hit that point where you're like, okay, I can afford some help. Yeah, um, and it does change things a bit, but it also opens up a whole, you know, like a whole lot of potential for you and the business, and makes it more sustainable, I guess, as well. Because like balancing in a really hectic way is fine in the short term, but it's not going to be sustainable forever.
0: Absolutely. So. And, yeah. and we've actually just. We just got our first commercial unit, so we can finally move Mm. up the garage um, into our own space. That's going to be really helpful for me because it will mean that when I'm there, there's no other distractions. You know, there's no laundry or (laughs) dishes. Yeah, or (laughs) dishes. It's work, and um, yeah, it's going to be,
1: I think, a really positive space for me yeah and nice to have yeah just a bit of separation of home and work and yeah mentally you can go to work and be there fully and then come home and be there fully yeah it does change things yeah 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 i I remember that time because when i had i had a bakery when i first had my baby and uh it's just yeah you feel like you're never really doing either of the things quite as well as you'd like to um yeah but i'm sure you'll find that you are more hard on yourself than most people are and that you're doing a wonderful job it's just that you feel it much more than everyone else yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's a little pep talk for you (laughs) you're doing a great job (laughs) and now you did mention COVID, obviously in the context of uh, exporting and everything so it's always interesting to hear a bit about the effect that all of this has had on different kinds of businesses mm. I mean obviously babies keep eating mm. during lockdown that doesn't yeah. change uh and they keep playing and feeding and everything so but I guess your stockists were closed weren't they so like some of some of you are more like little retail mm. boutiques would have been closed so what happened for you guys during that time
0: um well obviously we had a bit of a delay of production of our products due to COVID. So Mm. at first it was our products in China that weren't, all the factories had closed, so we actually couldn't get anything made. And so that was kind of the first, I guess, impact of COVID.
1: And that would have been early before it was even here probably.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. so yeah, that happened. And then like pre-COVID, we actually only had, we were only in a few retail stores, um, we are in the Baby in the Move um, franchise, but, yeah, not that many of the bigger ones. And it was actually during lockdown that a lot of these stores reached out to us. So, since uh-huh. during COVID, our business kind of grew. Um, <laughs> yeah, because people were putting orders in for when we came out of lockdown. So Oh,
1: that's interesting. Lockdown, Maybe they just had headspace to think about new yeah. products and stuff.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if that is what it is, and, and people... Had more time to go online, more time to spend on Instagram and true and (laughs) yeah, so yeah, straight after lockdown, (laughs) we were we were flat out for a while there trying to get um all these products out to these stores. So, uh, and then as as soon as a few of these stores took us on, it was just like a snowball effect and. All of a sudden, I was getting sometimes 10 requests a week from retailers.
1: Wow. Yeah. it's amazing. crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we really did run out of stock quickly then because I was, definitely wasn't prepared for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I bet. And, like, I guess having the, some of those non-edible products probably opened up a lot of that oh, as well. Like, a shop that wouldn't take the pouches would take the bowls and Absolutely. the spoon. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cool. And did you do? Did you see a big boost in your own online sales, like yeah. direct to customer? Yeah. Uh, so probably
0: the first two weeks of lockdown was really slow, um, mm. like really slow. I think most businesses felt that. But towards the end, I guess people were getting ready to come out of lockdown. And mm-hmm. yeah, so we had a big boost in sales during that time. Uh, and technically we were an essential service, so we could have um, sent products out. We chose not to. Mm. um and i think that was a good choice uh there was a lot of negativity around any businesses sending anything during lockdown yeah and while we technically were essential i think if we were um sending out the purees we would have still done that but um mm. like the other staff i'm like i think they could probably wait you know i don't like, yeah. and there were other places that they could get
1: products like that if they absolutely needed, yeah um, and you don't want to tie up the career network exactly with, yeah um,
0: but it was quite interesting because I talked to our courier and he was like it's so quiet oh <laughs> um, and then when everyone came out of lockdown it was hectic so you know, oh maybe yeah be better off to say I don't know who knows <laughs> oh yeah you have to just do what feels right I guess yeah. with things like that and it was so unknown you know
1: it's um yeah yeah totally and still is a little bit yeah but- yeah and i guess ongoing like at this kind of time we're obviously recessionary times and feeding your baby isn't a luxury of course but like feeding them maybe like more premium organic really Mm. quality products could be do you think that that's going to be something that people might cut back on a bit if times do get really tough coming up
0: um i mean for sure that's something that we always worry about Um, and we've always tried to be really conscious about how we price things we're always Mm. you know When we first started the business, we priced everything way too low. Um, (laughs) Of (laughs) course. This is all like, you know, you just learn all these things as you go on. And it's probably, you probably only really know when you get into retail stores because of how much of a cut they take. Yeah. So that's probably when we had to think about, really think about the pricing. Um, Our target market, I, like, after lockdown, we haven't noticed a huge change in our sales when, if anything, it's increased. Um, with our products, all our products, food and, and feeding accessories, you are paying probably a little bit more, but you're paying for quality of, you know, things that are going to, mm. particularly the feeding essentials, they're going to really last. So you will only need to, you know, buy one or two with the bowls and the bibs and, and know that they're going to last through a couple, if not more kids. Yeah, so, not go moldy. Gross. Yeah, it's thinking about <laughs> what's actually going to be last lasting you. and. Um, mm. Yeah, so it is kind of like a a bit of an investment. And um, around the baby food side of things, I guess it depends on um, what's important to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. While, yes, the supermarket pouches are cheaper um, when you consider the ingredients. Uh, I always find it hard to word this without sounding like I'm being negative. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) You're doing well. For example, um, our pouch, versus a supermarket pouch, you would probably have to buy three of the supermarket pouches to get the nutrition Mm. from one of our pouches, basically. Oh, that's interesting. um, And that's a very general one, but yeah, that's Mm. basically, so yes, while a single pouch at the supermarket is cheaper, it's when you consider the nutrition, you know, is it really, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, I get
0: you, yeah, Yeah,
1: definitely. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like you have a really loyal Following of customers as well, which is really going to help, you know, last out if if the times do get really tough, like just having all those people on your team and that really believe in you makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, so to finish up, we do, I always like to kind of, I'm a super positive person, so I'm always like, after talking about COVID, it's always nice to end on a high note. So really nice to hear if you have something that you could share, like, um, I don't know, this is, I'm sure, been quite a journey, so I'm sure you've picked up some tips along the way and a big learning curve. So if you've got a quote or a bit of advice maybe that you can share with us. Um. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or a few. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few things. No, I think... Um,
0: I guess advice wise is if you are looking at starting a business choosing something that you are super passionate about because mm. um that's where your inspiration comes from and there are so many times in business that you're going to want to give up but if it's something you really truly care about then you're going to stick in there and do it and um, it's really hard like there's a reason why people say business is really hard it is really really hard yeah And um, but you just have to be patient and really try and focus on the positives and celebrate the wins you know really really celebrate them because it's super important and it feels like even the you know sometimes the smallest things you just don't want to pass over those small wins because there is so much that goes into it you know yeah (laughs) Yeah. absolutely yeah like yeah you know, even you know how i was talking about how long it took for the purees to actually get off the ground you know that <laughs> <laughs> everything takes so long but yeah if it's something that you are truly passionate about then um it makes the whole thing worthwhile
1: yeah absolutely and that comes across so strongly with you and like i think that's part of why it's all been so successful is that it yeah it's just something that you truly believe in like it's not like you wanted to start a business and you were like what can I do yeah. um, I'll do anything I just want to make some money it's not like that at all it's like you yeah. genuinely have this need and this passion and and this is all born from that yeah so, exactly yeah that's nice work. oh you're doing a fantastic job and I can't wait to see more designs and more <laughs> products so we'll keep an eye out and hopefully I get a behind scenes from France yeah <laughs> yeah very exciting I love it and thank you for sharing it all with us
0: oh thank you so much for having me that
1: was great thanks Emily okay bye Bye. oh I so felt all of that from Emily as you'll know if you've listened to my episode of prep talk growing a business and a family at the same time is just a constant juggle but one that Emily is managing wonderfully and I just really loved how open and honest she was about that whole journey and you know despite all of the challenges that she did share in that I still just found it really so inspiring one of those chats that just had me like right I'm ready I want to start a new business Like Emily said, she does love connecting with her customers on social media, so please do make sure you check out Petite Eats over on Instagram at Petite Eats NZ and join her community. You can also see and buy her full range on the website, which is petiteats.co.nz thanks for hanging with us today i hope that you loved that chat and did also find it inspiring like i did i'm always keen to hear your thoughts and feedback on episodes and ideas for guests and everything so while you're over on instagram checking out petite eats make sure you also head to Pet talk nz and say hey over there as well thanks guys until next time bye